0: Hello and welcome to night number 11 of 31 Nights of Frights, year 3, the franchise. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. So, night number 11 takes us to the final entry in the Candyman franchise. (sighs) Well, I guess we should get this over with. There's no better time than right now starring tony todd this is the 1999 Turi meyer directed Candyman day of the dead the candy man is back and this time he's after i believe it would be his niece she is an artist as well and seems to have an obsession with the candy man and more specifically daniel robitaille the actual artist who later becomes the Candyman. This here is a direct sequel to Candyman Farewell to the Flesh and outside of some, I guess, drops as far as things that happened in Candyman 2 uh, this one here is, uh, well, it's something. It's definitely a movie, it had a script and had acting and if it sounds like I'm not too thrilled with this one uh, yeah, you you would be right. It was always a bad movie from my perspective and I always knew it to be a bad film. It's probably a little bit better than what I imagined it to be because every time I actually tried to watch it, I usually shut it off within about an hour. It makes a, I believe 90 minute runtime feel like an eternity when you're watching this. The pacing is definitely off. The special effects are not all that great the only one that is really worthy uh, to be in this film would be tony todd himself he actually turns out a somewhat decent performance here he is stuck in a bad movie i'm pretty sure he knew this was a bad movie and i think this was probably made for money uh hopefully he got well compensated for this because it really led to the death of the Candyman franchise. Of course, it was four years between sequels, and this one, it definitely looks like it was made for a very low budget. I don't know what the actual budget for this one was, but it's definitely not a lot. And it's direct-to-video slash direct-to-cinemax. I think it went direct-to-cinemax. That's where I remember watching it. Well, the seams definitely show. Low budget isn't really a bad thing, and can actually work in a movie's benefit. However, this here is too ambitious for its own good, and it's also at the hands of a director that's not a great director. Terry Meyer directed the one movie that I covered last year, which was Sleepstalker. I actually like that movie, but it's almost in the same league. The reason I'm so tough on this is because it's a Candyman film and I love the Candyman franchise and this one here it definitely ruined my desire to see any more Candyman films. This here is a film that I think had good intentions and was more or less being made illegally at the time of being made when they started production on this. Lionsgate or Artisan Pictures at that time didn't own the rights to this one. And, well, they kind of just let it go. I believe it was MGM that just said, eh, screw it, you know, do what you want. And, well, they definitely, I'm assuming, did what they want. The acting across the board from the, all the actors and actresses involved with this one, uh, they're really not good in their roles. You have actress Donna Dierico, who is notable for being in Baywatch. And she was given a chance to actually, I guess, shine a little bit here, but she never feels invested in the role. And it's one of those things I hate to, you know, say about any anyone's acting or whatnot, but her acting is pretty bad in the movie. And we're really supposed to believe that this is, I think, 15 or 20 years after the second Candyman film, and it's really tough to believe that. Not only that, the actress that they got to play her mom in this movie, she doesn't look anything like the one from Candyman 2, and I think the whole idea of the trauma that she goes through, that's not even conveyed very well either. There is various dream sequences and such, but the whole movie doesn't really make sense. And not only that, it kind of just goes and grinds its gears. Like, it just doesn't seem to go anywhere. They tried their best to really tie it to the other ones and make it feel like the other ones, but they failed royally. You have Candyman's Lair, which has the graffiti and stuff, and... It definitely calls back to the other Candyman films, but I really don't like the fact that there's a cult that is obsessed with the Candyman. It's weird and doesn't really feel like it should be in the movie itself, but they're obsessed with Daniel Robitaille and the Candyman himself. And I don't know, this movie makes a major misstep at the start of the film by not even using the Helen's theme, the Candyman song, the iconic theme song. Instead, we're treated to generic beats, and we do actually get some piano-based music that sounds similar to the theme song from Candyman. However, it's not the same. It's definitely not the same. And it doesn't even come close to invoking those feelings, even though it does try. This movie seems to want to try to touch on some of the racial issues and such, such as having the racist cops, however, that doesn't go anywhere either. It's another thing that, just like the rest of this movie, it feels half-baked. Yes, we know they're racist, and yes, you're getting that point across. However, what are you actually trying to say in the movie? It's like many things in this movie. There's a lot of ideas, but they just don't go anywhere. There's no big payoff. It doesn't have the same ideas as the first film. As a matter of fact, this reduces the Candyman to a kidnapper. He actually kidnaps a baby in the first Candyman film, and I'm okay with that. He says that he has to go and shed innocent blood and this and that, okay. But in this one, he actually goes and kidnaps a guy and puts him on a hook and keeps him there. So all he does is just torture the guy and leave him be because he wants to set a trap for Caroline. And I don't know. It's again, they kind of reduced him to just a kidnapper. It's kind of silly if you think about it. The other huge mishandling of the Candyman character is not only was he reduced to a kidnapper, but the movie heavily suggests that he is looking to get into a little bit of an incestuous relationship with, like I said, I think uh, Caroline Donadierco's character is supposed to be his niece. And I have some huge problems with that as well. I don't think Daniel Robotai or Candyman would really engage in something like that. There is no way that they should have gone this route with the character. The Candyman does get to have a decent kill with the cop in the car. This is one of the racist cops. Uh, It's a hook to the face. It's actually handled pretty well. It's surprising that it's handled as well as what it is, considering most things about this movie are incredibly mishandled. The only other scene that I thought was okay was with the healer and the egg yolk and the bee coming out of the yolk. I thought that was pretty neat. The egg was uh, bleeding and such and it was a decent scene, but again it didn't really have the big payoff or anything to it. So yeah, this one here is definitely a movie that if you're a fan of Candyman, maybe it's worthwhile to watch just to see Tony Todd in the role again, but overall it's a bad movie and I definitely cannot recommend this one to anybody. I am glad that we are getting that Candyman reboot coming up, which is a spiritual sequel to the first movie. I'm guessing it will ignore the story arc of Candyman 2 and 3. I'm okay-ish with that. The second movie is definitely worth checking out. This one is not. I kind of wish that they just ignored the third movie because it's really not worth seeking out, but I myself have all the faith in the world that Jordan Peele and Tony Todd is really a a match made in heaven here, and I really think that the reboot for Candyman will probably wind up being a good one, and the fact that it's more or less a secret sequel, um, all the more for that. But yeah, Candyman 3 is not really worth your time, sadly. But with that being said, I'm going to close out this episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at AdamAnalyzes. Also, I have a webpage, so if you need to catch up on some past episodes, you can do so at adamanalyzes.com. And also, If you would like to contact me and don't do the whole social media thing, you can do so at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. The last thing that I ask, if you're enjoying my podcast and would like to see me create some new episodes and like to see me reach some new listeners, if you have a free moment, leave me a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice because, you know, I definitely love those digital hugs. But with that being said, be kind and good night.